Dude. Great but, song. Yeah. Absolutely like great. It. <laughs> it's just, it's, but it's not the song for today, Zach. Why not? What can it be for today? Because there's another song for today. What's the song for today, Eric? Whoa, black from water, Game of Thrones. keep on rolling, Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on? Oh, black water, keep on rolling. No? Yeah. Mississippi no, moon, when you, when you say black water, it just makes me. me think of the black, nasty water I just climbed out of in my car because my exhaust <laughs> pipe was still in the water when I was pulling out. Yeah, you had an interesting experience, didn't you, tonight? I'm still having it. You know, we were just talking before the show. <laughs> And I was like, hey, guys, I probably got to keep this one to around a half hour because I have to go get a tractor or something in the middle of the night to go hopefully get my car out of this ditch. Yeah, you have uh, quite a bit of snow by you. Yeah. I don't know, Eric, do you have uh, any snow out in Chicago? Yes. Yes, we do we have do. A, a, just a couple inches uh, that fell in an hour. Nothing of <laughs> note. Uh, but I uh, – yeah, I got – Buried, I actually had to bring out the, the good old, uh, ice pick slash snow scraper, oh, no. uh, from the storage unit in the basement. I'm so glad it made the move with me because I wasn't quite certain if it was down there. That was the last place I could have looked, but of course it was there. And so when I go to work tomorrow, I'll be able to go to work tomorrow. Let's just think about how nice it was to, uh, have the both of you guys here because I know it was just Eric and I Friday. And actually the snow is to blame for our Friday episode being a day late because my power was out in how this weird place. Is that? Yeah. So weird that snow would, would cause the weight and the lines to uh, things happen. That's yeah. why we do podcasts and we don't repair electrical poles, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, you we know, I, that to I the real watched, people. Yeah. Um, I just watched 2001 for the very first time. Uh, talk about back ago. in time. But yeah, it was... talk about back in time. But also um, <laughs> the black monoliths in that film, not to spoil too much, but – they find one that's like four million years old. Ah, uh, don't tell me. Uh, 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 oh, okay, okay, okay. But essentially, they have a power source that lasts at least four million years. Let's just say that. And so, it's so funny to think a little bit of inclement weather uh, can knock out the systems we've got. You see how that works, ladies and gentlemen, listening to Game of Owns, a podcast in your holes, even with things that aren't involved with the show that we're doing right now because as you know eric and i remain unsullied mm -hmm. um we still have spoiler alerts to each other where it's like you're talking about something completely unrelated don't tell me you might have something to do with it so just leave it <laughs> have you there. never seen 2001 not yet are you nope. getting paid by the director of the film to <laughs> i wish shamelessly plug it be very i nice, wish actually. i were like one degree of separation stanley kubrick, kubrick is paying us personally to produce this show guys that's the that, deal. that would be that would be definitely you've all wondered why we work really hard that's why <laughs> well many people don't know kubrick's middle name which uh once you know his middle name you can actually rearrange the letters of his full name just and tell everybody george r, r. martin <laughs> I was just thinking about the reason why we do all this work really hard and blah, blah, blah. And it made me think of that iTunes review that you talked about before we recorded the show just now, Micah, that we were going to open with, that we decided not we to decided open with. <laughs> because Let's people decided to sing, which is uh, which is good, though. It's the time of year. I never hey, know, know what I, to I, do. I, After we do the clap and we start, what do we do from there? Like, do, do, it's just whatever happens. That's, that's really, you know, you just leave it up to chance. And yeah. th this, this show decidedly opened with a, a song. Yeah. And, and Eric probably was uh, Happy. listening to it at Howl at the Moon at yes. some point over the weekend. Yeah, they love the doobies there. Uh, <laughs> they do. They love doobies. The Doobie Brothers, <laughs> of course. But uh, it was, when you said something about being unsullied, uh, and you've said it a couple times on the uh, on the show – a few it times. just it sounds so so, so pure. It, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm dirty or something. You are. You're listen. 
you're dirtier than I am. Like, I feel like I've been strapped down a few times, but not for the same reasons maybe you've been strapped Micah's down. Micah's got you know the secret dirty. Micah's got the dirty that you just wouldn't, like, walking by him in a crowd, you wouldn't assume that he was dirty, but he's totally sullied with Game of, <laughs> with Game of Thrones You're so sullied, Micah. You're so sullied. You, oh, who man. would guess that that man knows the next 10 people who die in the series by George R. R. Martin? Seriously. Uh, Everyone listening that is sullied, you're so sullied. Yes. You're all so sullied. Yes. Just not, I, but I'm not as sullied. As Brian Cogman. No, Brian is more sullied than the both He's of us. He's a dirty bastard. We're going to get Brian Cogman on. He's going to tell us about Ryan, the dirty, even more sullied man locked in his closet. I heard it was Ryan who was the dirty one, but... All right. Well, he doesn't shower. Should we talk about anything that has let's to do with what the, we have to do? Talk let's get to this review. It may be the nearest semblance of anything that's close to being... It's uh, Monday. We're happy. It's bright and shiny because the sunlight's reflecting off of the snow, and that's just how it works. And my friend Micah has been waiting patiently as we've jabbered our jaws for a while here. We'll get to Sansa. She has a chapter. Lots of exciting things are happening. It's true. But right now, Micah is going to say words in New Year's. That's right. So uh, we got a nice review here from our friend Casey the Catastrophe. Uh, <laughs> All right. Who uh, rated us five stars Play on iTunes. Play to your strength. Thank you, Casey. And left us uh, a message with the title, Very Solid. Mm, thank and you, Casey. Casey says, Adequate. I've listened to other Game of Thrones podcasts, <gasps> but none have been insightful yet, as lighthearted as this one. I think what Casey was trying to say is, but none have been as insightful or lighthearted as this one. Now I'm just making up. Well, no, it's still grammatically correct to say it's grammatically correct. None have mm-hmm. been insightful yet as yet. lighthearted. As lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And he even hyphenated lighthearted. It's not a dash, people. So it I is not to... a dash. Thank you. <laughs> it's right, not well, a kuma. Ladasha, not you're listening. Correct, Casey anymore, and just read the rest of the <laughs> review. I don't really like people in general. Ooh. Oh. Comma. Okay. But, still grammatically correct. But I like each member of the panel. Mm. That says a lot. Hey, say that better. He has an exclamation point, all right? Casey took time to read that. Say it excitedly, at least the part after the last comma. I don't really like people in general, <laughs> but I like each member of the panel. That says a lot. Okay, that was better. Is that better? Much yeah, better. we'll take your word for it, Casey. Much better. Thanks, the Casey. The thing I respect the most about the podcast and the listener community is the fact that there is nary a spoiler to be found. I agree. Keep up mm. the good work. Okay. We try. <laughs> we do try. That actually ties into what we were talking about earlier with the sullied stuff. We planned that, kind of. Mm. <laughs> yes, that was all thought through based off of this review that we were supposed to read at the top of the show, and then mm-hmm. we just waited. Yep, and yeah. made up other stuff. It's, exactly. it's all been planned. We Listen, it's December. It's cold. Uh, Eric and I were just talking on the weekend episode. We were talking about how excited we are to be near this part in the book, how it's mm-hmm. sort of cascading toward the end, and also the year is cascading toward its end, and how it's cool that... I don't know. I feel like the last year, the months leading up to the new season, they went by so fast. So we've got some really cool stuff planned programming-wise for our show after we're finished with this book. I know some of you guys have been wondering, and we're excited to get going on all this, but we're not quite there yet. We're still dealing with Sansa, and she's still dealing with the little red flower. Yeah, and these are the <laughs> – these are and, – and Cersei had to check. There's this very strange relationship between – the queen regent and the uterus of the lead Stark girl. Um, you know, you look a little pale. Are you still bleeding? She's like, yeah. It's like, oh, great. Well, the men outside are bleeding and you're bleeding in here. <laughs> so if you haven't gathered by Eric's hysterical laughter, um, this is the part in the TV show that you've all seen, I'm sure, and a lot of you have read, where they're beginning 
the battle and Sansa is being tucked away in Mager's Holdfast. You know, I wanted to say we do appreciate you sticking with us so far in these winter months. Uh, it's a busy time of year. You know, we had Black Friday, people rushing around, um, and Christmas is coming and lots of time for family. But we appreciate you putting us in your ear holes multiple times a week, um, you know, giving us a play, play and a listen. And uh, to everybody who wrote in and reviews and all that, uh, like Casey, if you gave us a sword to kiss before you headed into battle, uh, we would kiss it for you. Um, now, do, you uh, do you find that to be phallic at all? No, no, definitely not, because it's much sharper and much more metal than a cock. What about um, Data? He's fully functional, and I'm pretty sure his android body is all metal. You would have to ask... Um, Gene Roddenberry? No, no, no. Shit, why can't I? Why are you, I gotta look the Who's the security lady who, who gets. Uh, oh, killed? I know you're talking about. Uh, God, on. don't tell people what happened to her. No, no, no. It's a for, okay, but it's. Well, this isn't supposed to go in because I'm supposed to know her name automatically. Hang well, on. we're just gonna leave it now while she, you write. She and I hope you can all hear female, her typing. No, you la, 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 la. 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 It's the part. It's the episode where everyone gets drunk. I think it's the second episode after the Denise Crosby. Who'd she? Who'd she? Yeah, it was the naked now. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Tasha Yar. Yeah. So this is to be cut in immediately. That well, you'd have to ask Tasha. (laughs) You'd have to ask Tasha Yar. Ask Tasha. (laughs) You'd have to ask Tasha Yar, Micah, because uh, she's the only woman that I know in the whole run of the show who ever experiences. what show are you talking about? TNG, man. Do I think it's phallic, though? I mean, I feel like people can construe it into that sense. Like, oh, it's a sword and it stabs into stuff. That could be kind of like he's kissing my she's kissing my sword. So this is like an emasculating like sort of thing. But I think that's kind of a stretch in this situation. I think it's just Joffrey being a kid. There's that line, too. And I'm paraphrasing here, but she basically said she'd rather kiss a thousand other swords and kiss Joffrey's sword. <laughs> No, that has nothing to do. Well, I guess, okay, look, it's, it's similar, but th- this is a practice. You see, it's, it's a luck charm, if you will. It's, a, it's, you know, that is the sword that he will be striking men down with. And so to bless it for, you know, good luck or something like that, it's not sexual. Um, not, not any more than killing someone with a sword is sexual. Um, so. It's just it is what it is. It's blessing the sword that he goes into battle with. However, uh, you know there is some debate in this chapter about how much battle Joffrey will actually be seeing. Kind of the men that are surrounding him, and he he just basically Sansa has a lot more hope for for Tyrion um, to be kicking some ass than she does for for Joffrey. I'm going to set up this chapter. This is what was said at the very beginning, just so you all listening can get a good sense of what we just read. It goes as. They had been singing in the sept all morning, since the first report of enemy sails had reached the castle. The sound of their voices mingled with the wicker of horses, the clank of steel, and the groaning hinges of the great bronze gates to make a strange and fearful music. In the sept they sing for the mother's mercy, but on the walls it's the warrior they pray to, and all in silence. She remembered how Septim Ordain used to tell them that the warrior and the mother were only two faces of the same great god, but if there is only one, whose prayers will be heard? So lots of things are happening. And I, I read this, guys, and I think of myself when George was writing this and he said something about the groaning hinges of the great bronze gates. Mm-hmm. Do you think he had the gates in mind or just in general? He was like, oh, some gates can be heard in the distance. Like, do you think that he associated it with uh, an actual thing? Uh, my question is, is it sexual for the gates to groan? 
Oh, that's funny. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Well, See, I make a towards... serious point earlier. It was... No, it's not saying that. There's actual reference. Anyway. I, I think, I think to answer your question though, George has a pretty damn good idea of what gates those may be. Yeah, I agree. And if someone were to be like, hey, which gates? He'd be like, this one. Yeah. Be like, yeah, oh, exactly. Now. He just has that detail and you see it. Uh, in the next chapter, especially when uh, landmarks are being mentioned as they pass them in the boat. But in this chapter, as Sansa is leaving the Sept, um, you know, a couple of minutes into the chapter, a couple of pages in, you know, fighting actually breaks out for the first time. That's actually yeah. like confirmed to be, you know, the Stannis versus King's Landing sort of fight. Uh, involved. So then, and, that, and that's kind of terrifying because I'm thinking, great, she doesn't do well in crowds when there's fighting. Like she doesn't have a good history of surviving it. So she better get behind those, you know, back into the sept, back into Magor's or Maylor's holdfast. Um, Maylor's. Maylor's. Well, they, uh, they really just, you know, fighting broke out as she was walking. And I was like, great, this is. Where's the hound when you need him? I really like this chapter, though. I I think they did it really well in the show because, I mean, right after that first paragraph and she's seeing Joffrey's armor. She's seeing how rich and, and grossly decorated it is, you know, just so majestic and bright and shiny. But I I love that we got a little mention of Tyrion and how he kind of looked like a little boy dressed up in his father's clothes <laughs> up on his horse. <laughs> but but, but his it wasn't axe, – what, what, what did uh, she say, though? She said it wasn't uh, – it wasn't childish, like – he looked like a child, but it, it was really like this, like total solid, you know, um, look to Tyrion, like he was really going to go roll some heads. The interesting thing about Tyrion, um, maybe I'm reading into it because I've got the third season ahead of me. We know that Tyrion legitimately cares for the well-being of Sansa. You know, I guess at this point it's just because she's a Stark girl. Um, and because he knows that his, uh, cousin or what his nephew is mistreating her. But he says to her, we'll talk after the battle if the gods are good. And it's this throwaway line right as she's walking away. They have a, a few lines before that, but just that he said, you know, we'll talk later after he asks her how she's going and he's got to ride into battle is kind of like you have something to look forward to because Joffrey sees that she's there and calls her away like a dog. Um, and Tyrion's just like, Hey, okay. Uh, my nephew has need of you, but we'll chat later. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. The gods are good. Um, it gives like, it's, it, you see what I'm saying? It's like a weird yeah. kind of friendly gesture to say, I'll catch up with you. You know, I'll make it my business to know your business in the future. I'll, I'll check in. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an interesting dynamic that the two of them have with each other because even later on in the chapter when she's praying she actually prays for Tyrion yeah and that's uh something that you probably wouldn't well, expect she, I, didn't I expect agree it. <laughs> but she also prays for all of the knights who are fighting in the battle all of their mothers and wives and sisters who are going to lose you know there's a few other people that she prays for in in that thing but of course the one she doesn't pray for and and how about this for Sansa? When the High Septon is talking about the king and about how the gods have to be good and grant strength and unity in battle for the king, Sansa stands up, stops praying. She won't pray. She can't bring yep. herself to do it. She wants to. She can't. She doesn't really want to. She starts stands to walk up, out. Stands up and walks Yeah. Out. Does not pray for the king. I don't think you're projecting though, man. I think that 
in this chapter, we were meant to kind of get a sense that she is becoming more friendly to Tyrion. Like she's understanding that he's a much better person because I, I think when, you know, when Joffrey was yelling at her, he was like, you better go on and go ahead. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think in that moment she sees that, you know, he's not this bad person. He's literally just a person stuck in the mix like she is, but he's in a better situation. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And, and the joke is even made by Tyrion early in the chapter about who Sansa is actually praying for. Yeah. And she says she notices a queer little smirk on his face when he asks her about it. And Tyrion is just realistic. That's the one of the best things about him. And he knows the situation that she's in. He understands it. And he has a bit of an ally in her, one of few really in King's Landing. And I think they get along very well with each other because I don't think they're in that different situations. Uh, you know, clearly... You know he's in in a little bit of a better situation than she is, but I think a lot can be compared between the two of them. There's 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 some to the, there's something to that, and and then what I wanted to say was that I, I wanted to say that Sansa just gets a a bad rap because she's like this sing singing bird or whatever, and she just does what she's told and all that stuff. Whereas like Tyrion, people think that he's this crazy person. The, the more time you spend with Tyrion, even if you're Sansa and her, his whole family is holding you captive. The more time you spend with him, same if you're Cat, you know, and you're keeping him captive in the Mountains of the Moon, the more time you spend with this guy, the more you just fall in love. You like the guy. You realize he's not bad. You know, all the things that you're saying, Micah, that he's just caught up in things. With Sansa, though, it does take – there is there is more development. Like she's turning into a person who is more capable of dealing with this kind of um, threat, you know, from her. She's still working out how to behave in front of the king. And actually she does, again, hold her tongue um, a couple times when, when she's with Joffrey about to kiss his sword or right after she kisses his sword. There's a few things she wanted to say that she didn't, um, and I thought it was smart because he could have struck her down and that would have been the end of it. She did go ahead and say like, oh, but my brother, he rides <laughs> right out in the battle, but he's a full-grown man. So, I mean, I totally understand if you don't. Pretty much just like the TV show did. <laughs> and I was a little boy. Yeah, and I just like, great job. I know that. Just like you said, it, it took her time to grow into more of a badass and, and heavily likable character. But I really think in this chapter, um, with that situation and also with what happens later when she meets up with Cersei, I think that Sansa really handled herself truly like a Stark would. And she's becoming more and more of a sort of mature, adult-minded character in the story. Yeah, I, th- I think it's strange to think of there being like seeds planted for Tyrion and her relationship. Um, it is, though. You know, it, it totally is. It totally is. Um, I mean, it's a Sansa chapter. I'm glad it's not a Tyrion chapter that this is. Ha- well, no, no, no. It's I either. Well, I mean, it's either or. But it's just like, hey, Sansa's growing and changing. It's nice that we just have this regular rotation of characters that we keep in, that we keep checking in with. I guess. Um, I mean, I wonder how many chapters are uh, centric to a character, whereas another character is actually more prominent. You know, for this, it's still Sansa, but there's a lot of Tyrion in it at the middle. Um. So it's just kind of like, hmm, we got more of Tyrion now, but from somebody else's perspective. So it's kind of cool. We even got a mention of Lady Tonda and her daughters. And that was another situation where Sansa could show off her personality. I guess George could write and show that she is compassionate and she understands. I think that Lawless, we can kind of gather, is the one that was raped. Um, Oh, right. And she is not reacting well to the fighting outside. You know, when she was leaving the Sept and heading back and going into Mager's Holdfast, Sansa could hear the giant 
sort of crossbows with the yard long shafts and the big spears <laughs> getting shot into battle and she could hear catapults going off and when she sees Lady Tonda and her daughters, she understands immediately, I assume, that this girl is reacting so poorly to the fervor because something terrible happened when a, a, another situation with lots of fervor happened. Yeah, that's that's good analysis. And um, Sansa, you know, goes up to her and says, well, there'll be food, you know, and songs and there'll be food and, and songs and you can come do this. But it doesn't really sway her except she's able to get assistance like she's able to she does make a difference when when she arrives there and it's actually afterwards she says the rumors are that this daughter is is pregnant actually as yeah you, you know, yep. recently and we got a brief mention of shay so we know that i know yeah she, she helps carry well. her yeah yeah it that was this, nice. this was just a uh to me i thought it was a great setup chapter for what's to come in the next several chapters with blackwater and uh I know, uh, you know, it, it kind of in an anticipation of, of recording this week, uh, Eric just so, uh, pointed out that he read two chapters and I said, two chapters? Why the hell did you do that? And, you know, I mean, I think you get to the point where, first of all, you see Davos's name and you just can't help <laughs> That was read. it. I put I down know. the Sansa and I was like, <gasps> Well, because you're reading, Micah, and all of these things are happening and then you get to the last page. And the next chapter is Davos, and you're like, that bastard's on one of those boats outside. Yeah, because yeah. where exactly. else would he be? He wouldn't be like, uh, oh, I'm a Dragonstone, and they left me home. You know, it's, it's really so nicely done. I was thinking about other novels that are written in sort of this same time period setting with the way it's all feudal and the weapons and blah, blah, blah. And I really like how this is handled because it feels so modern. And the multiple characters, just like you were saying, Eric, it's so refreshing. And I feel like when we're talking to the queen, it doesn't feel like we're talking to the queen, you know, because we're in Sansa's perspective and she's sitting on the left of the queen. You know, she's sitting in her side chair when they go and meet up with all the other gals that are locked in the room together because we have sort of an inside look of someone who is betrothed to the actual king. So I, I really like it. It's not from the perspective of someone like a lonely knight that's fighting for the king and he's outside fighting right now. We get to have that. With Davos, but we also get to have this perspective from Sansa, so it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's set up very well, and you mentioned Cersei, and she has this banter back and forth with Sansa, and she just casually throws out there, eh, you know, aren't you familiar with what happens when the city gets sacked? Oh no, you must <laughs> not be. I mean, come on, the girl is all of what. 14, 15 years old. And her city's never been sacked before. Exactly. Well, well that's, that's not a metaphor either. <laughs> if Theon did kind of take care of Winterfell, though, but she was not around. Not while she was yeah, there. Yeah, though. I mean, no, yeah. she's never seen it happen. But And based right. upon what Theon said, her city would have been sacked in more ways than one if she had been present. Yeah, what well, didn't somebody at some point said Theon was into Sansa? Or he, he said, like, it was an interior monologue. Yeah, I'd have done her. Um, yeah, pretty much. Probably wouldn't put it past him. But, you know, the reason that, that Cersei has to say those things to Sansa, apart from the fact that she's crazy, is because uh, Illyn Payne is in the room with them and he has brought ice. I know, ice almost as tall as he is. And I was just so mad when I read that. I was just like, that is Ned's sword, you old, scary looking asshole. <laughs> He's taking it for his own now. I mean, who wouldn't? I bet it is yeah. so nicely made. I bet it's such a damn good sword. And it's, it's like, he's not using it times. anymore. It's folded a thousand times. Just folded like a good old blanket. Just a thousand <laughs> times. Quick bit of info we got on Sir Illyn Payne, though, is that he used to be a knight before he was... An executioner. 
official executioner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the headsman. you can tell a lot about somebody by their chosen occupation. Um, I guess he just really liked the killing. Maybe. The killing aspect of knighthood. The, the one thing that I did like, though, about Cersei in this chapter was how real she was when she started talking about all these knights that were you know, in the room and how really that once the city starts to come under a little bit of turmoil, you're going to see people's true nature. And then, then of course, Sansa spouts out this this idea of, well, true knights don't do that. Hmm. And then she realized herself how stupid that sounded. Uh, and I think that's a character moment also for Sansa when she really is beginning to understand that a lot of what she was brought up on and a lot of the ways that she views the world are are almost like in a fantasy land. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cersei even says... Uh, why don't you just eat your broth like a good girl and wait for Simeon Star Eyes and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight to come rescue you, sweetling? I'm sure it won't be very long now. Um, yeah. She's in, you know, parts of her, not all of her. Um, she's had a rude awakening, you know, recently. Uh, this whole book has been one large rude awakening, awakening amid slaps on the face. But there's still those occasional moments where you realize how young she is about. You know, she really feels that she has protection of these knights or these guards. She says to Cersei, won't your guards protect us? And Cersei says, who will protect us from my guards? So, yeah, you're right. When this stuff, when this kind of thing goes down and true natures are revealed, you may find that not everything is as valiant and noble as it should be um, or that it looks on paper. And that is just something – I mean, it serves to terrify Sansa. It just – is unfortunate, but it is a reality uh, that maybe they're not safe. Maybe they will be glad for ill and pain. Or maybe he's there to cut her head off. It just speaks, though, to something that we spoke about before uh, in previous episodes, just the quality of individual that Cersei has elected to the King's Guard, and now this new guard that is responsible for protecting her. These are not honorable individuals in any way. These are not... Your Barristan Selmies, these are just... Sellswords. Exactly. Yeah. Dressed in nice-looking clothes. Yeah, I mean, I think Sansa has that moment where she feels the same way. She notices that and says that, oh, these guys are just dressed-up sellswords. It's very interesting for Sansa to have that opinion, but, I mean, I think it's a good thing that she's noticing this sort of thing now. And perhaps, you know, her role as spectator in this whole battle, we know that she gets through relatively unscathed. Um serves to actually teach her a thing or two about real tactics about when shit really goes down, um, how to behave and, and how to worry and that sort of thing. Well, I'm going to use this talk to transition to my own, if you gentlemen will allow me. What is it? Loyal sellswords are rare as virgin whores. <laughs> if the battle is lost... I think the latter is impossible. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I think well, that's the point of it. you can sell your body for sex, and if you have no customers... Then you're both. You can't be a you can't like be a professional until you actually do it for money though. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that we're in the age of the internet and you can post anything you want in your Twitter bio, but you can't be a professional until you get paid for it. Oh, so gosh. I think the quote makes sense. So Cersei kinda owns Sansa. She does though. 
you know, when she gives the whole line about true knights and she's kind of making you feel dumb, like, no doubt you're right. So why don't you go eat your broth like a good girl and wait for Simeon Star Eyes and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight to come rescue you, sweetling? I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it won't be very long now. I mean, that's an own. She did it. She got Sansa. Sorry, Sansa. Yeah. What an appropriate name for this episode. What? 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 <laughs> What's an appropriate name for this episode? Kiss my blade? <laughs> blade kiss. No. Kiss what? my sword? Actually, in my notes, I wrote down that quote that you guys have read about twice already, so (laughs) I'm going to have to defer to Tyrion. I'd I'd give my own in this particular chapter if if we're staying away from Sansa. You don't have to. Thank you. Thank, please and please and thank you. Come again. You don't have to, Mike. Who are you thanking? Me or Zach? He's you. thanking you. Come thanking on. You. Of course I'm thanking Eric, you. Eric I, literally I, changed his mind mid-episode. He was like, Dion, oh, nah. I forgot well, I, about I, my I, own role. I worked around it. I worked around <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you did. It was successful. You, you could agree. say, Micah, for instance, that the air that, that Sansa breathes and the space that she <laughs> occupies in this chapter owned instead of her. Our listeners are throwing chips at their iPhones. I'm pretty sure it would them. work. But but seriously, what, what were you going to say? It's when... Sansa says to him, She has, my lord, but King Joffrey sent for me to see him off. I mean to visit the Sept as well, to pray. And Tyrion says, I won't ask for whom. (laughs) His mouth twisted oddly. If that was a smile, it was the queerest she had ever seen. Yeah, um, that's kind of... the, the, The cool thing about that line is he's like, Perhaps if you had told me, I would have to turn you in as some kind of anti-Lannister tree. You know, he's like, I won't ask. But by saying he won't ask, he implies that he knows that it's dirty and he would have to do something about it if she told him. Nah, I think Tyrion would be cool with it, honestly. And that's why I think you gave him the own, Micah, honestly. I just like Tyrion. I like his presence and I like just how he interacts with everybody. I mean, we talked about it earlier on in this episode, but not only Sansa. I mean, we've seen him with other characters that we all tend to like. Jon Snow comes to mind. Uh, you know, in, in the last book and, and he just, he has a great way of relating to pretty much everybody he interacts with that, you know, he finds to be good company. Old Bear, uh, is another. Yeah. You know, he, he comments at one point and I don't remember if it was in, uh, this book or the last book, how he just liked him. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about his character, the, the way that he's able to get along with so many different types of people. Yeah. I like it. He's a good guy. Uh, my own is kind of ethereal um, in this chapter, if that's the right word. I'm not sure if that's the right word for it. Um, but mine actually it goes is now. Mine goes to <laughs> can't t- take it back. Mine goes to. T- well, I'll look it up. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so how are you today, Mike? I'm are you good. good. How are you, Zach? Good, staying warm as much as I can. Yeah. Wearing okay, mittens. You know how like real gloves, like they spread your fingers out and isolate yeah. them. Mittens keep your fingers together so they can that's, share the warmth. That's a great point. You know, people never they don't appreciate it enough. Sorry, Eric. What was your own? Okay, it was the right word. Uh, one. Uh... <laughs> One Welcome definition back. is Welcome back. extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world, but an alternate definition is of the celestial spheres slash heavenly. My own goes to the mother and the warrior uh, gods who are being prayed to in this chapter, um, and some people say that, in fact, the mother and the warrior are two separate coins of the – two separate sides of the same coin, two separate heads – of the same deity. Um, the mother who's the protector, uh, who people pray to, to see their loved ones through the battle and the warrior who's right out there on the field 
uh, leading troops into battle. So I thought it was really cool that there's some sort of mythology there where it's like, hey, this was one god who's like accepts full responsibility for the perils of war and the the harshness of that, as well as the caring and the loving and the nurturing. I think that's pretty badass. And you know, I have to tell you guys that uh, we we did get a known uh, from Twitter, and it is. So I guess we're gonna read theirs now. Yeah, it is from one of the quotes uh, that we did mention earlier, but I will not say any more. From Ida Azkoff, they say, My own for Sansa Five is by the one and only Cersei Lannister. Quote, Loyal sellswords are as rare as virgin whores. <laughs> True dat, hashtag, hashtag, it is owned. <laughs> it is owned. I like that, Ida. I like yeah. your nomenclature there. It's nice. Yeah. Well, since we're reading Twitter, I'm just going to scroll around and, and look. We've got no Friday episode. Anyway, for Theon's chapter, own Tariq, for playing him like a fiddle. Note how this phrase always crops up. That's true. And yes, I'm sorry about the wait again. Blame me and my power. Blame the goddamn snow. Yeah, blame the snow. Don't blame Robin Escobar, though, who tweeted us and said, just wanted to let, it's got snow in it. This is perfect. Just wanted to let Goo Crew know, Game of Owns, that winner's has arrived and it's a picture of a snowy looks like a soccer field yeah, it does look like a soccer field look at that or field hockey okay you know it kind of looks like the soccer field where i grew up oh no Eric. i mean i didn't grow up on the field but you know just next to it <laughs> you lived in the field <laughs> <I> sealed <laughs> tent over there i in, in yeah one of the one of the goal zones was uh so you see that there's photographs and things that have been sent to us kind words words of hello words of their own wisdom that gets translated into word form and then turned into something we can read to you on the show we love that because it increases the interaction between us and you, and that is literally the only reason we do this. The one reason. The only reason. It is owned. Eric, tell them how to do that. You can own to us and at us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Game of Owns, or at Game of Owns when you're preparing your tweet, and we will get it right away. You can also email us uh, if you've got sort of a longer own or a life story that you want to tell us. You can do that via email. Contact at gameofowns.com. Oh, a uh, little uh, asterisk there. Uh, if it's a life story you want to send us, uh, make it short. Nothing less. Uh, <laughs> nothing more than uh, 2,000 words. Thanks. Nothing um, more than five stars. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more. If you're into the superlatives, as in worst, slowest, you know, shortest email ever, uh, please remember that we only accept five stars over at iTunes. It is the most and the least stars uh, of a rating that we will accept over there. And we have a Facebook, which, you know, we sometimes uh, have a lot of fun on inappropriately and appropriately uh, with some of the Game of Thrones, uh, sorry, Game of Thrones memes. And we post episodes and people chat us about there on there. So scroll on our wall, facebook.com slash Game of Owns. We should uh, read some of those on Wednesday, I think, or Friday. Some of the I stuff that so gets too. scrolled there. So pick up your scrolling because we'll read those. It'll be funny. We will. And as uh, Eric mentioned... You can head on over to iTunes and leave us a rate and review, just like our good friend Casey did earlier in the show. It is the month of December. Nothing oh. less than five stars is acceptable. Uh, we also got a, a review here from Bruja Piruli, who says, I love you guys. I listened to you since the first episode of MuggleCast. Wow. You are amazing. There's your review. Well, thank you. 
I wasn't okay. there, but I like right. it too. Yeah. Oh, you were there, Zach. You were there. I was you... hiding in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, as a uh, a vulture, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. That first episode yeah. now over eight years ago. So uh, thank you uh, for listening for so long. And one final review today, only because they did it in the month of December. It's from AJ Burdick, and they say, Game of Owns is a very nice podcast. Hmm. Very nice, guys. <laughs> Wait, is uh, that's it? No, that's that was just the title. Uh, oh. So impatient, Eric. AJ goes on to say, I'm writing to tell you that Goo is a very nice, well-rounded podcast. With I feel like this needs to be done in a British accent. Do it. I dare oh, you. I feel like I triple dog dare you to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. You yeah, triple Michael, sample, no, I didn't even think that was a possibility. Stamp Mike, it. You have I don't know. I'm not saying I can do it. I'm just saying. You that. have to do this. Unless Eric, you just did it. You do it. I can't see. He's got to copy and paste it. You can't uh, – Then take a screen cap, save it in paint, and then – I'll say it to you, and then you can just say it. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay, too, okay. No, this is too much work. This is too much work. Write your reviews in British accents so Mike <laughs> can do it next time, okay, people? Please. All right. Uh, I'm ready to tell you that Goo is a very nice, well-rounded podcast with great insight into the world that George R. R. Martin has created. If you're looking for a boring podcast with nothing to offer, then you have come to the wrong place. This podcast is only for people who want good stuff in their life. Goo is good stuff. Enough said. Oh. Well, thank you, AJ. That warms our heart, AJ. I could use that right now. My hands are all sweaty. No, they're very cold, actually. Yeah, maybe it can melt some ice underneath your car so you can get out of that ditch. My boots are literally still wet from what I was doing earlier, and I have to go do that now. So if you guys won't mind, I think I have a, a threat that we can end the show with. Oh, no. Threat away. Uh, if you do not, I've never actually done this before. So, uh, if you do not rate <laughs> and review us five stars on iTunes and say hello and be, be nice and be our friends because we want you all to be our friends because that's, there'd be a lot of friends and everyone needs friends. So we're already your friends. So let's return the favor. Um, I will personally commandeer your vessel. I will drive it over the top of a bridge and I will not accelerate, thus creating a slippery surface for you to then slide into said ditch that surrounds said bridge, and you shall be there for the next few hours. So don't allow that to happen, you guys, because it could be a very bad thing, because I think officially now, with the photos and the things that's happening in all of our lives, winter has indeed come. Yes, there is snow on the ground in all three of our backyards. One other thing I would add is we have 197 reviews on iTunes. I think we need to get to 200. Well, this is the 175th episode of Game of Bones, by the way. Oh, you see that, people? I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, now that we're counting numbers. Indeed. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Cold Hands. Yeah, you are. Cold Hand Luke. (laughs) Wait, how do you know about that? Because you've said it a hundred times. I don't know what it means, but that's what I am. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Mike (laughs) Tannenbaum. Cold Hand Luke, Eric. I like that. Do not Google. Cold Hand Louie. Don't Google anything we just said at all. No. No.